Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. A big reason for inflation is Vladimir Putin. From the moment he put his over 150,000 troops on the Ukrainian border, the price of gasoline in January went up 75 cents. Of course, it went up $1.50 or more in the time between the day you took office and the day he invaded Ukraine. But you don't mention that, do you, Jim? Putin began amassing troops along the border, and guess what? The world took notice. And those of you who work in the business know that the market anticipated. The price went up more. And then Putin invaded. Make no mistake, inflation is largely the fault of Putin. Look, I understand that families who are struggling probably don't care why the prices are up. They just want them to go down. Joe, what are you going to do to bring them down? But it's important that we understand the root of the problem so we can take steps to solve it. I've been upfront with the American people from the outset that there would be a cost here at home of Putin's decision to brutally and savagely invade a sovereign nation. This is a Putin price hike. Putin's war has raised the price of food because Ukraine and Russia are two of the world's major breadbaskets for wheat and corn, the basic product for so many foods around the world. Ah, nothing like a Joe Biden lie fest to start your Wednesday afternoon, July 20th, 2022. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Biden is still trying to blame Putin for raising the price of gasoline, of food, of everything. But now he's also trying to take credit for a 40 cent drop in gasoline prices. Gasoline has more than doubled since he took office, Joe Biden, that is had nothing to do with Putin. The price of fuel was $2.39 per gallon in America when Biden put his feeble fingers on the Holy Bible and through some God-given miracle didn't explode in fire when he lied to the American people and said he would do what he could. He would protect and defend the Constitution. All he's done ever since he got into office is try to destroy that document and what it stands for. Let's go through some headlines for your Wednesday, July 20th. 2022. The new CNN poll may be the most glaring indictment of Biden and the Democrats yet. The Daily Caller's Mary Rook writes, Americans question Joe Biden's priorities in a new CNN polling released Monday, which highlighted widespread displeasure with the direction the country is heading. The latest CNN poll shows that 68% of U.S. adults believe Biden's priorities are wrong, and 68% of U.S. adults believe that the president has not paid enough attention to critical issues facing Americans, like inflation and the economy, due to Biden's own directions. This is up 10% from November of 2021. As the midterms loom, Americans told CNN pollsters they don't believe the country where elected Democrats hold the very highest offices is heading in a very safe direction. That same CNN survey found that 75% of Americans believe the rising cost of living, including gasoline, energy, and food prices, is the biggest economic crisis facing U.S. families. The data showed 79% of Americans think the U.S. is doing pretty bad or very bad. 34% said it is very, very bad. Only 1% of U.S. adults believe the country is doing very well. One out of 100? That's pretty pathetic numbers for Biden and the Democrats, don't you think? Only 21% think the country's doing well or fairly well, according to that poll. 
Comparatively, in June of 2019, the poll showed 18% of U.S. adults thought the country was doing very well, and 57% said the country was doing very or fairly well. When respondents were asked how the country is faring economically, only one out of 100 U.S. adults said the economy is doing very good. 18% say it's doing good or okay. But over 80%, eight out of every 10 Americans, said that conditions of our economy were poor, with 41% saying very poor. That doesn't look good for Joe Biden or the Democrats, does it? U.S. inflation climbed 9.1% over the last 12 months since Biden lied to the Americans on July 19th of 2021, saying that the rising costs facing Americans would only be temporary and transitory. Biden said, quote, Some folks raised worry this could be a sign of persistent inflation. That's not our view. Our experts believe the data shows most price increases we've seen are, were expected and expected to be temporary. I'll read that to you in English where you can understand it. Biden said in 2021, quote, Some folks raised worries that this could be a sign of a persistent inflation, but that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected and expected to be temporary. That CNN poll surveyed 1,459 adults in the U.S., for a few days from June 13th through July 13th with a margin of error plus or minus 3.3%. Oh, my friends, and Joe Biden just keeps on lying to the American people, and some of them keep on buying his bullshit. This is the Truth Hurts program. So yesterday morning, Biden was supposed to issue an executive order on climate change because it's summertime, and you know what happens in the summertime in America? It gets warm, it gets hot outside. I remember back in the 80s, heat waves going through Chicago and people dying because they didn't have air conditioners or the power was getting shut off because of blackouts and brownouts. Hot summer weather has been going on in the Northern Hemisphere where the United States of America resides since the dawn of time. Joe Biden is expected to make an announcement aimed at bolstering offshore wind farms and protecting people from extreme heat. This man can't protect anyone from anything. A White House official said Gropey Joe will try to help communities facing extreme heat through providing additional funding for the Building Resilient Infrastructures and Communities programs. In other words, they're going to funnel more taxpayer dollars to more studies and committees and commissions and departments and study groups and focus groups, and nothing will actually get done. But all of his buddies, well, they'll all make a nice paycheck. They'll make a nice grant-funded income opportunity. They're also supposedly at the Biden administration going to issue new guidance related to a program that will help low-income families to pay their electric bills. As if those so-called low-income families don't already get Section 8 housing, little to no rent. As if they don't already get food stamps, welfare, Social Security supplemental income, crazy checks, and all sorts of other freebies paid for by you and I, the hardworking people. So we work hard to pay taxes to allow people to not work, stay home, and live off the government. Hmm. Now this U.S. government official would not specify what additional offshore wind actions might entail. And during a trip to Massachusetts, Biden is scheduled to visit a former coal plant that is now supposedly going to manufacture cables for offshore wind farms, which have proven to be both polluting, very expensive to build, 
more expensive to maintain, and very susceptible to, you guessed it, damage from the wind and the seas which are supposed to power them. Biden should be given the Darwin Award. Grady Means, an opinion contributor to The Hill, writes, Ronald Reagan said the world is divided into the smart and the dumb, the lazy and the energetic, providing eight possible combinations of which, by far, the most dangerous would be the dumb and energetic. The incredible nonsense that is the Biden administration's environmental and energy policy is only one piece of the energetic and dumb leadership, or lack thereof, of Joe Biden and his administration. Let's not even discuss the illegal migrant invasion at our southern border, which has already allowed two million that we know of since Biden took office to illegally trespass into our country. Let's not talk about Joe Biden taking a democracy in Afghanistan and simply handing it over to the Taliban to turn it into a dictatorship. Let's not even talk about the crime wave that is persistent and prevalent throughout Democrat-run cities and is now spreading to the outskirts of every city in America, thanks to gropey Joe Biden and the vilify cops, sanctify criminals movement. The one question to ask the president, any member of the administration, or the Democrat Congress, or even any Democrat-run state government, or for that matter, any member of the working media who has ever uttered the phrase climate crisis or existential threat, the question would be this. Have you read AR6? And if so, what is your opinion and are you willing to debate the details? Well, the first question most people are asking, hey, Steve Z, what is AR6? First, explain that AR6 would be the United Nations 3,949-page report entitled Climate Change 2021, the Physical Science Basis, often called the Settled Science. They often reference it in that manner. For example, mention it has great charts that go into great lengths and details on things such as dramatic increases in seawater temperature since 1850. You could ask a few softball questions like how exactly did they measure seawater temperature in 1850? Spoiler alert. The intrepid sailors crossing our oceans without GPS, they used sextants for fixing a location, and then they dipped a wooden bucket into the water to measure the temperature at the point and then roughly estimate what ocean current they were in. It was a very crude type of navigation tool and highly inaccurate, considering how long it took them to grab a bucket full of water on a rope from a bucket in the ocean and pull it on up to the deck of the ship and then how long to get the thermometer to go into the bottom line is it was not very accurate yet these dramatic graphs and these shrill rhetorics about changes in ocean temperature and projections of catastrophe are based in port on the very type of data i am describing to you the clincher is this database is held by an academic center in the united kingdom and is not fully available for public view or review the HAD-SST 4.0 database has also gone through periodic scrubbing, bias adjustment, and cleansing, only a portion of which is reliably recorded. But don't worry, the policies that are destroying your entire economy and your entire way of life are based upon what they're calling hard data. The United Nations report and its dramatic conclusions are replete with this kind of pseudo-science. Oh, and by the way, nowhere in AR6 does it say the world will end in 10 years, a hundred years, or even a thousand years. It raises serious issues that need to be addressed soon, but it is not an existential crisis 
like the liar Representative Alexandria Horseface Cortez and other climate nuts insist demand radical, precipitous shifts from fossil fuels to inadequate, unreliable, and very expensive solar and wind. I'm sure you could just do a search and find out how heavily invested in solar and wind companies these climate nuts already are. And yet, ignorant but energetic individuals in the administration and Congress are enthusiastically destroying the strongest energy and industrial system on planet Earth. And in the process, they're hurting the poor and the lower middle class and everyone else by driving up the prices of food and energy, creating food shortages that are starving literally hundreds of millions of people in Africa and the third world. Now that, my friends, is a real existential crisis today. And it will have no positive impact on the environment since China, India, Russia, and much of the developing world cannot and will not follow the energetic, dumb U.S., and the energetic, dumb European Union into cultural and national security suicide and simply shut off fossil fuels in favor of non-sustainable solutions. Another example of energetic and dumb is the tax and spend and tax and tax again policies of the Democratic Party. Ask any political leader this trick question. Would you prefer that all of the country, rich and poor, got much poorer or would you prefer a country where all of the country, rich and poor, got richer? Nearly all serious economy research lays those out as the only two choices. There is actually no middle ground. You either raise taxes, increase government spending, have explosive inflation, crush investment and make everyone poorer, or option two, lower taxes, which increases investment, and therefore raises government revenue, lowers unemployment, lowers inflation, and makes everyone, even the rich, a little richer. But our current energetic slash dumb and perhaps cynical leadership today always chooses option one and then they call it equity. Most people would prefer option two called prosperity. But you see, the dumb energetic on the left, they know that half of the nation is also dumb but lazy and will not bother researching any of these realities or facts while they continue to be dumbed down and cut down to the lowest common denominator. This year, the November midterm elections really come down to option one, the energetic but dumb path that we're on, or option two, shift to energetic a little smarter. It truly is a Darwinian choice, and for America, it truly is existential. Grady means is a former corporate strategy consultant. He served in the White House as a policy assistant to Vice President Nelson Rockefeller. That means he's old enough, my friends, to know that from which he speaks. Did you hear Alexandria Horseface Cortez got arrested? <gasps> Nikki Swift, Maxine Page writes, AOC's arrest has her critics all saying the same thing. She is, of course, one of the most controversial polarizing political figures in America. She is a proud member of the Democratic Socialists of America. She ran on that ticket to win her seat in the Democrat Party in 2018. Many Democrats criticize her for being too far to the left. You know, there's a lot of people who talk about class issues. There's a lot of people who are deep in the discourse of struggle. But to me, she said, as someone who grew up in these environments, it was the translation to action that was distinctive to me. Now, she's big on action. She loves stirring it up. So she went outside the Supreme Court building for an abortion rights protest and march. Supposedly, she was one of several Democratic House members 
apprehended by authorities. However, we all know she was not shackled in handcuffs and pushed to the ground and searched as if she were some black guy being accused of robbing a convenience store. They reported that after just a few steps, she was being escorted by cops. She raised her hands in the air and then returned her hands to the fake cuffs. The New York Post accused her of pretending she'd been handcuffed as she walked with her hands clasped behind her back while being escorted by those cops. My friends, she needs to go back behind the bar because it's apparent she's got withdrawals. It is what it is. Bridget Kennedy, The Week U.S. reports the implications of the latest sky-high inflation data, the sharpest opinions on the debate from around the web. Inflation reached a fresh 40-plus year high last month, 9.1% from a year ago, according to the U.S. Labor Department. And this poses yet another headache for Joe Biden and his administration, which is struggling desperately to try and disassociate itself from rising prices that they created, or at least were very instrumental in creating. It serves to solidify expectations that the Federal Reserve will again raise interest rates by at least three quarters of a point in the next meeting here in July. Meanwhile, let's have a quick look at what some of the experts have to say about the implications of the far worse than expected numbers. And before I go there, these so-called experts, experts mean you know your stuff, means you're on top of things. And yet each month, for as long as I can remember, anytime a Democrat is in office, we always hear that they are worse than expected numbers. Why don't these so-called experts just come out and say, we made up the numbers in the hopes that it would be better, but reality has slapped us in the face like a wet herring. For one thing, financial markets have largely shrugged off the news of last Wednesday's report because they still believe the worst of inflation is behind us. Yet, for the past four consecutive months, inflation has run at a year-to-year -year comparative level of at least 8.5% on average. Rising gasoline prices that rose even higher in June to the highest levels in history have indeed backed off a little bit, but the cost of food and the cost of other items is still heading higher. The message that we're getting from the markets backed by some data is inflation is not out of control. Then why do most Americans feel as I do, it is out of control? The effect on the American worker is a real tragedy. No wonder Americans are in a sour mood. Though some analysts have taken comfort in the fact that the so-called core consumer price index, which excludes food and energy, rose seven-tenths of a percent in June, say prices did in, indeed accelerate in June from May, and they are at an annual rate of over 8% just in the last three months. Inflation cannot be dismissed as Putin's fuel price hike. The greatest tragedy is for American workers suffering the largest reduction in real income and wages since the 1970s. Yes, prices are higher. No, you're not getting a pay raise. And that means you have less money to spend each payday because that gallon of milk is up 30%. That dozen eggs is up 35%. That pound of bacon, which isn't even a pound anymore, it's more like 12 ounces of bacon, costs more than the pound did just six months ago. The 9.1% inflation is jarring and Biden is still trying to blame everyone but Biden for its continued out-of-control direction. There's no doubt that the June report was bad, 
And even if July looks just a teeny tiny percent better, don't you really wish you could have some mean tweets and $2.39 a gallon gasoline now? There's some bad news for Biden. According to the Washington Examiner, voters are moving on from the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus pandemic. In other words, Americans in general are starting to catch up to what I've been saying now for well over a year. It's the flu, stupid. New polling shows voters are largely moving away from the COVID-19 pandemic, and many of them in recent polling cite COVID as less than 2% of their worrisome data. In other words, they're worried about COVID 2% of the time and the economy 80% of the time. Even though there are a few new variants that are supposedly popping up here and there, President Joe Biden, counting on the COVID bump in the 2022 midterms, is going to be very disappointed. A minute ago, I said 2%. I'm reading the Monmouth University poll where just 1% of respondents identified the coronavirus as the most important problem facing their family, showing much more concern for the combination of inflation and gas prices at 48%. And the virus is fading from the collective conscience. People are sick and tired of seeing Dr. Fufufuchi, the guy who likely invented and spread COVID to begin with, coming on the television, telling them that they should wear a mask and blah, 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 when he himself was seen at a baseball game not wearing a mask, not social distancing. Biden came into office promising to, quote, shut down the virus and has largely not done so. Over a million people have died on Joe Biden's watch related to the COVID virus. Yes, the CDC numbers say it's more like about 900,000, but remember they changed their method of reporting it right after Biden took office so that people who died in a car crash or a building fire or an industrial explosion or a murder or a heart attack were no longer considered COVID deaths, even if they had the Wuhan China coronavirus in their system. When Trump was president, anyone who died of a hangnail was considered a COVID death if they had one little COVID in their system. Buzz through the rest of these headlines. Members of Congress are bringing home the bacon with pork barrel spending. These people know they're not going to get reelected on the Democrat side, so they're shoving every possible pet project down the throats of the American people, and it's not going to work. The Biden-Ukraine conspiracy and other problems faced by Hunter Biden reads one headline. There's a fact check report out there right now. The story is that gropey Joe Biden in 1982 voted in support of an amendment to overturn Roe v. Wade. After a whole bunch of word salad talking about Orrin Hatch introducing an amendment in 1981, according to Congress.gov, the amendment would have granted concurrent power to Congress and the states to restrict and prohibit abortions and declares that the Constitution does not have the right to secure the right to abortion. Biden was then a senator, a member of the Judiciary Committee, and voted in favor of that amendment in committee in March of 1982, but it never made it to the full House so the fact is, they're saying it's partly false only because of semantics. Biden, yes, did in fact vote to end the Roe v. Wade supposed protections for abortion way back in 1982, and he's flippied and floppied ever since. The Hill, Stephen Moore, and E.J. Antoni say Biden's six favorite lies about the economy and inflation. It starts out saying every modern president has stretched the truth, but Biden is out and out lying. He said, Biden that is, nobody making under 400,000 bucks will have their taxes raised, period. Sounds like read my lips, no new taxes to me. 
But inflation is a tax, and it hits the middle class and the poor the very hardest. And over the past year, prices have outpaced wages and salaries by four percentage points, with the average worker's wage and salary at roughly 60000 a year, which is a whole lot less than 400000 this means that $2,400 per worker is the direct result of Biden's inflation tax. It's more than double that for families where a husband and wife both work. Lie number two, inflation is worse everywhere but here. Biden claimed that several times, but it's hogwash. It's a lie. Inflation is in fact lower in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, China, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, Switzerland, the UK, and many other countries. The next lie, Biden says the economy had stalled when I entered office. The reality is Biden was bequeathed an economy with robust growth coming out of the pandemic. Trump had the economy on a roll for his entire four years of office. And despite the Wuhan China novel coronavirus wreaking havoc on the economy, the day Biden took office, Trump had the economy coming out of those lows. The economy in the second half of 2020 grew at more than 1.5 trillion at an annualized rate. The growth rate for the second half of 2020, even with COVID, was almost 15%. When Biden entered office, the economy was prepped for an enormous tailwind gust because of Operation Warp Speed and the vaccine that had just hit the market and was allowing businesses to reopen and allowing workers to return to the job. The next Biden lie. I am responsible for the strongest job creation economy in modern times. This is a lie. Now, I'll give the president his due. He happened to be in office when some people started to return to work, but he did not create new jobs. Job growth under Donald Trump from May of 2020 through January of 2021, just before Joe Biden took office, was averaging 1.4 million jobs per month for a total of 12.5 million people returning to the workforce. Under Biden, the average job growth per month has been cut by more than half, down to 542,000 per month, 8.7 million people returning to the workforce. The next great Biden lie, since I took office, families are carrying less debt and their average savings are up. This is a lie. Families can't save more money, Mr. Biden, if they are making less than they made before you took office, thanks to your inflation. The amount families are able to save each month has utterly collapsed. It has absolutely fallen 74% since Joe Biden took office. The personal savings rate has plummeted from 19.9% under Trump to just under 5.4% under Biden. The claim about declining debt is equally untrue. Household debt has risen by $1.3 trillion in the first 15 months of Biden's presidency. Let's talk about credit card debt. Credit card debt, which increased over $100 billion during the pandemic, is now exploding at an even faster rate on record as families have run out of stimulus money and have depleted their savings and are falling farther and farther into debt thanks to Biden's inflation, Biden's looming recession, and of course, the fact that the economy is in the toilet. To put simply, people cannot afford to live in Joe Biden's America. He's also ignoring the stock market sell-off that has evaporated $10 trillion worth of Americans' wealth, savings, and retirements. This is one of the greatest periods of savings accounts disappearing in the history of our nation. The next great Biden lie, let's just stop it with number six here. Biden says, I'm doing everything I can to lower gas prices. 
And I wonder if anyone in America truly actually believes this lie. The folks at the Institute for Energy Research have identified 100 separate Biden executive orders, laws, rules, and regulations that have impeded oil and gas production and have caused dramatic rises at the gas pump, which began on Biden's first day in office. From killing pipelines to expanding EPA regulations on oil and gas drilling and refining to taking hundreds of thousands of acres of prime oil and gas lands on public lands and Gulf of Mexico, off-limits for drilling. Casey Mulligan is an economist at the University of Chicago and estimates the policies of Joe Biden have reduced oil and gas drilling by 3 million barrels a day. And that increased production would certainly have helped bring prices down at the pump. Perhaps none of Joe Biden's lies, fibs, half-truths, exaggerations, and misspeakings should be surprising to any of you. What would you expect from an administration that first denied inflation then said inflation was temporary, then claimed it was only a rich person problem. Biden keeps doing about face after about face, decrying inflation as bad, but now suddenly it's Russia's fault, or greedy businesses like meat packers or oil companies, or even mom and pop gas station owners. Come on, Joe, Americans are not that dumb. Just give us the truth. Let your administration's piss poor handling of the economy, domestic and foreign issues speak for themselves. Quit trying to lie and cover up your foobar. That's all the time I have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. I hope you have a great afternoon, and we will see you on the next go-round. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music provided by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Mm-hmm.